work. Bernard fields it at the 26, heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's gonna take it for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? And welcome to today's episode of the Pipeline ACC podcast. I am Dan Siegel from ACC Content. I'm actually not joined today by Jason Gibbs for the first time in Pipeline ACC podcast history. Unfortunately, he is under the weather and in the spirit of Thanksgiving, just wanted to give him some rest. So I still felt the need to record, just get some of my thoughts out because it is rivalry week and there is plenty of ACC games this weekend. Obviously, we have the Atlantic Division to the side, which comes down to either Wake Forest, which they get in with a win at Boston College, NC State, who gets in with a win of their own and a Wake loss, or Clemson, who gets in in the event that both Wake and NC State lose. So obviously there's a lot to cover today. I'll just do a pretty short recording just talking about the games going down the line. And um, But yeah, happy Thanksgiving to you guys for the contest. We will still be running it 10 question prop bets and you could find it only on our discord please join it it is in the this episode description the invite link that is and today's 10th question will be what is the best thing you could say about your rival and the more creative you are with this one the better all right so let's get into our game previews first off we have a friday night affair between north carolina and NC State, I believe North Carolina is a, what, five-point underdog? Let me just double-check that. It is a five-and-a-half-point spread in favor of NC State, obviously, like I just said. NC State needs a win and a wake loss to get into the ACC championship game. And Sam Howell is probable in this one, so he should be good to go which is obviously huge because we saw last week a very pedestrian performance between both of their quarterbacks, uh, Jacoby Criswell and Drake May, both of their backups against Wofford, only beating that 1-9, now 1-10 FCS school by a mere 20 points. But it's going to be obviously a good one on Friday night. NC State still has one of the best linebacking cores out there. And the pack, they love to bring these various pressures. They have Drake Thomas, Vi Jones. So it'll really be huge for UNC to see whether, you know, Sam Howell could be able to disguise these blitzes and pick them up and make his throws. He's had a lot of trouble with that this year, especially on teams that bring similar pressure concepts to NC State. So that will be a t- determining factor in this one. As far as the defense is concerned and NC State on offense, I mean, NC State's going to love to get their playmakers out in space, especially against a team like this. So for UNC, there's one word, and it's tackle. And obviously they've struggled with that this year, open field tackling. I feel like that's kind of the story with a lot of um, ACC teams. I like NC State in this game. I think five and a half is kind of a thick spread. So for the Pick'em contest, I will be going UNC plus five and a half. But that's really all I'm feeling there. 
as far as our next game, Georgia at Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is 35.5 point underdogs, which really makes this, if Georgia were to fall, I think it would be a top 10, maybe even top 5 biggest upset point spread wise in college football history. This was from a database I looked at that went back to 1980. And the last three meetings have been 20 plus point margins with Georgia Tech obviously falling in all of them. And I don't really have much analysis for this because I'm expecting an absolute blowout, especially, you know, Georgia. They're talking about Jordan Davis, their big nose tackle. Georgia Tech interior line has really struggled. I I think he's going to have another late Thanksgiving feast, and it's going to be just not a game. I mean, 35 and a half seems kind of thick. I, I could see a backdoor cover. I'm going to bet Georgia Tech against the spread. But like Jason and I always say, with these spreads that are so big, it is merely impossible to really pick a game because we're, we're really banking on what happens in garbage time. So that's all I have to say about Georgia and Georgia Tech. Next up, there's Wake Forest at Boston College. And the Eagles, they've kind of been hit by the flu this week. At least that's what a report that just came out by the BC Bulletin. Now, Jeff Halfley is kind of being discreet with it and not obviously really disclosing who exactly which players on the roster may be out, but they're hoping that rest medication will allow them to play. I'm hoping so too, because if so, if Boston College is at full strength or at least at as much full strength as they could be, it will be a very good game. Wake is it's very simple for them in order to make the ACC championship. Winning in, lose and not in. But it's it's going to be difficult for them. I mean, Clemson scored an ACC season high 48 points last week with 300, I think over 300 yards between their two running backs. I think it's the run and shoot attack that could work for Boston College. Wake struggles like we I just alluded to against the run, and they also struggle against the long passing play. They are 103rd in, in the nation in giving up 20 plus yard passing plays. BC is last, though, in ACC pressure rate, so I'm expecting a really an, an offensive affair. Both offenses have good matchups against their respective defense. You know, he talked about BC being last in getting pressure on the quarterback. That'll really, really allow Sam Hartman and his mesh point offense to develop and I think he's going to have a pretty good day there as long as he makes the right reads and the right decisions. And in that case, I am going to go Wake minus four and a half because I think, like, really the flu factor is probably where I'm at. I think um, four and a half is an appropriate spread before I read that report, but it hasn't moved up since that report has come out, which means that I think I could have value there. But that's just me. Either way, uh, the next game is also 12 o'clock on ESPN. It's Florida State at Florida. And this is really a signature win that Mike Norvell needs. 
I know Dan Mullen is gone, but that makes it even more of a reason that they need this game. They've lost the last two in this series, FSU against Florida, previously winning seven of eight. And they they real I think I don't care that Dan Mullen is gone. I think it will show progress for Florida State to get to six and six, like Jason said on the last episode. Bowl games in itself are kind of meaningless, especially if you're six and six. But the the practice, having meaningful practices for several more weeks is huge, especially for the development of a guy like Jordan Travis. And just as far as a scouting report in this game, Florida will give up a lot on defense. We saw it with Samford, and it's against the run that they struggle the most with. So expect a lot of design Jordan Travis runs. And the only issue is Florida has converted their drives into touchdowns. They hardly ever kick field goals. They're very good in terms of red zone conversion rate. Is this sustainable? I'm not sure. But I think at this spread, was it Florida minus two and a half? I think that's going to be my lock of the week. I think, uh, honestly, I'm not too confident in Florida State being able to sustain their success. They scrape by in their last couple of wins. I I really hope they're able to do it because they kind of had a miraculous comeback on this season. But then again, if you look at their full body of work, I mean, they They've had a tough loss to Jacksonville State. That's really inexcusable. Hopefully they can bounce back and get this win over Florida. I'm just not too confident, and I think especially it's one below that key number. I'm going to go Florida minus 2.5 and and lock that up. So next, there is Miami at Duke. And not much to say about this one because, honestly, both coaches better try and enjoy it. It will probably be their last game at their respective schools. I really have one sale for this game, and that is TVD. Tyler Van Dyke, he will probably put up big numbers against that Duke defense, but Duke has just been super, super bad. The spread is 21.5, and if they keep it that close, Duke that is, it will be the first time they do so since October 9th against Georgia Tech. I don't think they will. I think Miami wins by even more. So at 21 and a half, I'm going Miami against the spread. That's all I got on that. Next is rivalry week, Virginia Tech at Virginia. And I appreciate you guys, both of you fan bases on Twitter, for making it a very enjoyable week as usual for you guys. The rivalry factor is honestly what Virginia Tech will have working for them. They'll be naturally charged up. They don't have stability at the coaching position, obviously, but just the natural presence of the rivalry will get them charged up. I'm sure that's why the spread is so close, and obviously Virginia Tech has dominated the rivalry historically. So, I mean, there's that. Uh, Virginia Tech, probably they want to run the ball, sustain some drives, drain some clock, take advantage of UVA just being so bad in their front seven, very bad with gap soundness and fundamentals, but also because they want to limit the drives in the game. I don't think that they want this game to get into a shootout because that very much favors UVA. Limiting the drives gives you more of a chance of pulling off that upset, keeping the ball out of Brendan Armstrong's hands. 
which is why if you're UVA, you got to keep your foot on the gas. You can't be conservative like last game. Keep scoring touchdowns, keep throwing the ball, and you have matchup advantages on the outside, especially in the middle. Get your guys, playmakers like Keaton Thompson, into space with those linebackers, which is probably the weak point of the Virginia Tech defense. So that's what you got to do. I honestly, I think I'm going to go Virginia. I'm going Virginia Tech plus seven. Ah, uh, I think um, that they're able to keep it a little closer. I wasn't too confident on, on this one, but seven's kind of a key number. I don't know. I I could see a push fairly easily, but that's just what I'll go with. And then um, we got Pitt at Syracuse, starting off three of our our night slate games at what is that seven thirty. Pitt doesn't have much stock in this game, but I do expect Pickett to play. He is a little banged up, but obviously with him playing, Syracuse really needs to bring their A game, show some signs of life. Pitt, obviously, you know, we've talked about it. We've documented it. They have a great defensive front, so it'll be tough for Cuse. They'll have to try and air the ball out. They have not done so successfully at most points this year, but... Pitt has allowed three yards per rush this year. So it, obviously the bread and butter for Syracuse is to run the ball with Sean Tucker, QB keepers with Garrett Schrader, but that's not working. You have to be able to move the ball in other ways as well, and that very well might be the case. So we'll see. Panthers, though, they'll probably be conservative with their play calls. Get the ball out quick. Protect the bang up, banged up Kenny Pickett. They've got playmakers. Syracuse has guys that could tackle in space. So I could see kind of an underwhelming snooze fest and Syracuse maybe keeping it close that way. But Pitch has got such an advantage that the 13-point spread seems pretty appropriate. Either way, I will take Syracuse plus 13 in the pick. Um, I don't think it's it should be that much given what I've said. So we'll take it that way. And then... Uh, Clemson at South Carolina, second to last game of the night. And Clemson has won the last six meetings. Each of them, each of the last uh, four has been by at least three touchdowns. Now this spread is only 11 and a half. So something to keep an eye on. Obviously, I think it's more about Clemson than South Carolina. South Carolina is six and five. Another pedestrian year for them. Obviously, they're going bowling, but I don't think that's really what a school like that wants to achieve. They've really kind of been done not much each of the last several years. Um, it's going to be a lot of rushing, right? Not not an attractive game. Over-under is 42.5, so that kind of says enough in itself. Both backfields are the strengths of their offense because neither have had too much success through the air. The reason Clemson has the edge in this one it's because of the defenses. The Gamecocks front seven has been inconsistent at best. And Clemson uh, is obviously very good everywhere on their defense. So uh, I'll take Clemson. I'll take Clemson by 10. So we'll go Gamecocks plus 11 and a half. But that's kind of a tough spread to pick as well. I think just the nature of this game being so low scoring, I'm not sure I want to give Clemson that many points. So I'll go South Carolina plus 11 and a half. And then our final game of the night, 
Kentucky at Louisville. This is probably the one I'll be watching at 7.30 because Governor's Cup is what it's called, and it is one of the most underrated rivalries in college football. It has huge implications on in-state recruiting. I talked about Virginia, Virginia Tech as a very good rivalry. The only issue with that one is it, the on-field games are very good, and the trash-talking is very good. But in terms of in-state recruiting, I mean, there's there's Penn State's and Clemson's and UNC's that keep marching into the state and taking their recruits anyway. That is super frustrating for schools like that because they're not staying home. But regarding Kentucky at Louisville, it's huge for recruiting. It's huge for pride. And, I mean, I look at the scouting report, and Kentucky has had a lot of issues with ball security this year. As usual, they run the ball well. The running back, Chris Rodriguez, I think is an 1,100-yard rusher so far. And they're going to throw a lot of misdirection. They do a great job with counters. It is a very well-coached offense. And Louisville has done well discipline-wise in in the recent weeks. So that's kind of a good matchup. And it, Let's see. The over-under is 56.5. Louisville is actually favored in this one. I think that's kind of... Um, I think that's kind of too much. Now it had three points. I don't know how much you're really giving home field advantage either. So you're trying to imply that Louisville is better than eight and three SEC school like Kentucky. I'm not sure I buy that. So I'll take Kentucky plus three. But maybe Malik Cunningham could carry him past Kentucky. I would. I, I absolutely love to see that because he's really been a show the last couple of weeks. So. We'll have to see, but that's really all I've got for the game. Just want to get some content out for you guys because obviously Jason is not doing um he's not feeling a hundred percent right now, so he couldn't get on to record, but he will be back Sunday with me for our recap recording and everything will be good in the world. But until then, just guys enjoy your Thanksgiving. Be with family, friends, watch some college basketball, football, NFL football, all of that. But just obviously, it's all about what you're thankful for and just count your blessings. That's what you got to do. But there, that's all I've got for you guys. So thanks for listening. If you want to talk to us more, the Discord link is in the description for the episode. But once again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Pipeline ACC Podcast.